adjacent to the children's church. Go ahead and grab your Bibles, turn to the book of Joshua this morning, the book of Joshua chapter number 3. Pastor is out at Riverhead Community Baptist this morning, holding uh, preaching for them and also holding uh, the business meeting. So please be in prayer for that, as I know many of you are in, and have been praying for that. But Joshua chapter 3, verse number 1, we're going to read the first six verses this morning. Then we'll pray and we'll get into the message. But Joshua chapter 3, verse number 1, the Bible says, And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim and came to Jordan. He and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they passed over. Now, they had been at Shittim all the way back from Numbers chapter 33, where that was where Moses had, or Moses had delivered to the nation of Israel the entire book of Deuteronomy, where he gave them their last charge and explained to them, this is what you need to do before you go into the land. All that had taken place at Shittim. Now they were moving from there to the Jordan River. So this was a big step before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host. And they commanded the people, saying, When ye see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then ye shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that ye may know the way by which ye must go. For ye have not passed this way Heretofore, they're crossing new ground. Verse 5. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua spake unto the priests, saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass over before the people. And they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. This morning I'd like to preach a message entitled, Following God into the Unknown. Following God into the unknown. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just come before you. Lord, we need your help. Lord, it's just a short passage, but I pray that you would take the truths and the principles that are in it. Lord, that you would use it to speak to hearts, that we would know more what you would have us to do, that we would be more ready to follow you tomorrow and this afternoon. Because of this, I pray that we would listen that you would um, open up our hearts to your word, that your spirit would be free to move and speak so that we could follow you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Following the Lord God into the unknown or when you don't know, but God has said go. When you don't know where you're going. What are you talking about there, Brother Andrew? Well, it said for, that ye may know, verse number four, that ye may know the way by which ye must go for ye have not passed this way here to four. As we seek to obey and follow God, we will often be faced with the unknown. We will be often faced with situations, with new experience, with places we have not been before. If we look even at the world we are in today, the direction our country is going, it is very easy to see that the change, change is coming that we are going to go into some uncertain times in the future. Um, there may be persecution in this country. In 50 years, we may not be meeting in church buildings and worrying about that. We don't know. There's unknown things facing us in the future, in our country, in our society. 
But we don't have to look at that to see that there is unknown. The biggest questions are not necessarily what is going to happen in our country, but even what that means to me. That, you know, the most, when something happens to someone else, that's, oh, that's terrible. You know, that, that's, that's a bad situation. But when it's personal, that's a crisis, okay? When, okay, that's the difference. One person asked, what's the difference between a recession and a depression? A recession is where someone else loses their job. A depression is where you lose your job. Okay, but isn't that true that when we are facing the unknown, we say, well, that's it's easier to trust the Lord when it's not my personal circumstance that I'm looking at. I don't know where it's going. I actually preached this message a couple weeks ago when I was at community and I was announcing that I was putting my name in for the candidacy of the church. And I say, I don't know what is going to happen in the future. I I am a young man. I have not pastored before. That is very unknown territory for me. But this is where we believe that the Lord is leading. And if we are going to follow the God, God is going to lead us into places we have not been before. Because God has a plan for our lives. God is try, If you are saved, God is trying to change you into the image of His Son. There may be some here today that look at eternity and to them that is unknown because they have not met the Savior yet. They are looking at where would I spend eternity, a heaven or hell? I don't know. There's an unknown future. You may be a young person saying, I want to know where God wants me to go to college or what type of career to pursue. There may be some people in here that are looking at retirement and in the, in the coming years and saying, what is that going to look like for me? It's unknown. I, I haven't been there before, obviously. I don't know. Um, am I going to be in New York? Am I going to move? What's going to happen? As we seek to follow and obey God, we will be faced with the unknown. But the unknown can become either a source of fear or it can become a cause for faith. The unknown can either be a source of fear or a cause for faith. And as we are looking at the unknown, we desperately need to experience the leadership and the power of God in our life. We have not passed this way heretofore. We cannot rely on our own experience. We cannot rely on our wisdom or our power. Why? We don't know the way to go. We don't, we haven't been, we don't have any experience about it. What on earth are we going to do? We desperately need the leadership and the power of God in our lives. Can I tell you that's where Israel was in this passage? Okay. They were at the border of Canaan and they needed to cross over. In Joshua chapter 1, God had commanded Joshua, Arise, go over this Jordan and take the land. That was just a few days ago. Um, God had promised the land to Abraham. If we just put it in the context of the Bible even, God had promised the land to Abraham and his seed after him over 400 years before that. Right? You're going to inherit the land. They went down into Egypt. They became slaves. Abraham's, the nation of Israel became slaves down there. Then God had delivered them. The book of Exodus had brought them up out of the land of Egypt. They had come to the Jordan River. Or they'd come to the promised land. They told God, no, the first generation. The people in the land are too big for us. We can't possibly do it. They'd wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Then they had come to Shittim. They had been there with Moses giving them the last charge, giving them, reminding them of what God had said, because there's a new generation now. God Himself had spoken from Mount Sinai. 
to that first generation. And even though they'd heard the voice of God, they still doubted. They still um, backtracked and said, no, we don't want to do this, God. So the next generation was there. They were at the same point and Moses regave them God's word and said, this is what God has said. His promises are still good. You can still trust the Lord. Then they moved. They were there at the promised land. They were facing the Jordan River and the time had come to take the land. It was a scary proposition. Okay? The, uh, the Canaanite, the, 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 um, the stories of the giants of the land had filtered down through the generations. Okay? Uh, that there was guys who were a lot taller and a lot bigger and a lot more military trained than the nation of Israel. The Canaanites' um, military might far surpassed that of Israel. But they had God's promise of His presence and His power. And the time had come to cross the Jordan River. They did not know the way. They only had God's command saying, Arise and go over this Jordan. Okay, they had not been this way before. Now, Joshua had crossed the Jordan River 40 years ago with the spies, right? He had been there, that was a little while ago. Uh, things may have changed a little bit. The two spies had just returned from Jericho, and here was their report. Uh, God's going to give us the land, but we have to cross that Jordan River first, uh, it's kind of flood season right now. Now, if you actually look at a map, um, like a 3D map, where you can see that area, the, where Shittim was, was west of the, or east, I'm sorry. They were on the east side of the Promised Land. It was east of the Jordan River, and it was right in the foothills of the mountains that went up to the highlands of Gilead. Right here, so they come down the mountains right here, Shittim, and then it comes down into the Jordan Valley. And then, then you, you go back up the mountains, to Jericho and to Ai that were up on the high plains. So all of the water, the drainage from the spring, from the snows in the mountains was running down into this valley. It was flooded. It was dangerous. There was no room for mistakes. If they were going to move into the promised land, there was no room for mistakes. Let's just think about that a little bit. They're going to cross the river. In a military, just as a military maneuver... Crossing a river is extremely dangerous. If you could find your enemy when they're in the middle of crossing a river, that's the time to attack. Half of them are on that side of the river. Part of them are on this side. The rest are in the middle just sitting ducks. Right? Okay? If you can attack an enemy, that's the time to attack an enemy is when they're crossing a river. It's just any river. Okay? Is it, besides that, this wasn't an army crossing. This was a nation crossing the river. They had children. They had elderly people. Not that many elderly. Most of them had died. Okay? They had Joshua and Caleb. That's about it. But there was older people. There was children. There was cattle. There was possessions. Everything they owned, they carried with them. Okay? And walk, carrying 50 pounds on your back just by itself is hard. But crossing a flooded river, now it gets downright deadly. Okay? So if Joshua and the nation were going to move forward, they... There was, they could not make a mistake on this or they could literally lose everything. There could be half the nation wiped out if they tried to cross the river at the wrong point. People get swept down by the power of the flooded. Let's just, I mean, think about it. There was not a room for a mistake. Now, the tents are being struck. They're moving towards the Jordan River. 
In my mind, I'm thinking the majestic music is playing, the trumpets are sounding, the banners are flying, everything is exciting. But it, was, it wasn't just everybody was exciting. It was terrifying. They were moving to a place that they had not been before. And as, that's what they were doing. And as we follow God, God is often going to bring us to a place where our own wisdom, our own experience is null and void. Why? We have not been there before. And there can't be a mistake. If we're going to get to where God is designed us to go, if we are going to accomplish what God has for us, we can't afford to make a mistake or we will never get there. But what we can't do is allow fear to stop us from moving forward for God. Fear of the unknown is powerful. You think about the settlers that moved in in our nation's history, that moved over the mountains into the stories that came back weren't like, man, that's what I really want to do and just go live a life of ease and get everything. No, okay? There was the unknown. It was the wilderness. It was the wild. And yet people went over there. But But the fear of the unknown kept many people from doing that. You know, fear can keep us from doing what God has called us to do. Fear when we don't... um, necessarily know what the response is going to be, even witnessing or fear of how God is going to take care of the church or take care of our family. The thing is, we rarely, in fact, we never have the wisdom or the understanding needed to move forward for God. When we think we do is when we get in the biggest trouble, okay? But we do not have the wisdom or the understanding to move forward for God. But God already knows the way. God, are, If God is leading, God already knows the way. And God already knows what is needed to accomplish that. If there's no surprises to God. Um, Brother Pearson at Heartland always said as he was preaching, Has it ever occurred to you that nothing has ever occurred to God in His way? But think about that. Nothing has ever occurred. It's not God's like, oh, I hadn't thought about that before. God knows the way and He knows what is needed to accomplish what He has called you to do. So just follow God. So here, Joshua and Israel, they had the command of God to cross into Canaan land. So verse number one, what they do is they rise up early in the morning and they make the seven mile journey from Shittim down to the banks of the Jordan River, there was no doubt in Joshua's mind that God would make a way. He's moving there. God's going to help us across. But he doesn't know how God is going to make that way. He's just heard the report from the two spies. Right? They came from Rahab and Jericho and was telling them, Rahab said, everybody in the city, their hearts is melted. God is going to deliver that city into us. He had that encouragement, that... um, that um, affirmation that this was God's will, that yes, God was going to do that. You know, Joshua had seen God work in Egypt, the ten plagues. He, Joshua had been part of the Red Sea crossing. Joshua had seen the manna every day. They were eating the manna. They were um, the quails. They were eating God's provision each and every day. He knew that God had done it in the past and that God had given him a command. So here's what did they do? They took the next step, all right? 
if God is going to have us cross the Jordan River, He's not going to arrow transport transport us from Shittim to the Jordan River. We have to go to the Jordan River to cross. Simple, logical step. But that's what needed to happen. And so Joshua leads the children of Israel to the Jordan River. You know that God has given us clear commands in His Word. And though we often don't know how God is going to accomplish His work, how God is going to keep His promises, we need to move forward by faith Because God will always honor His Word. The people followed without knowing how they were going to cross the Jordan River. Let's think of They didn't know. Maybe they didn't know what faced them. They didn't know. But I'm sure the stories had come back from the spies. They had heard things that the Jordan River was flooded. They did not have the direct orders or plans on how they were going to cross the river. But they knew God had said they would cross. So they moved to where they needed to be to take the next step. You know, following God, even unto the unknown, that's where it starts. Is following what is the next step today. God often, well, God's not going to show us 20 years down the road or even five years down the road until we take the steps of obedience that are required today. There's often simple, practical steps that are vital to seeing God move. Things that pastor talks about all the time. About showing up to church every time you possibly can. Or reading our Bibles and spending time with God. You know, if we want to see God move in our lives, those are simple steps that we need to take. It may not be, we may not know how God is going to work in this specific situation down the road. But we know that if we're going to get there, if we're going to cross that, we need to get there. And so we follow what God has given us today. We follow His Word today, even in this, we say the simple or the little things. But there's no such thing as little things when it comes to serving God. We need to just follow what God has shown us today. So they arrive at the banks of the Jordan River. They can see the floodwaters running in front of them. There weren't bridges. There weren't helicopters to take them over. What they see is mudslides moving down the river that would take out anything that tried to cross. Trees, branches being swept by the floodwaters down the river. They see the gurgling and the, and the, the water and it has swelled out of its banks. They don't know where, it, where the drop-off, where the, bank has, the, the riverbed has been washed out, where it would suddenly plunge to, um, instead of knee-deep, that would suddenly be over their head where there's a pocket or something. They just see that there's now a great obstacle facing them now. And what lies on the other side is Jericho. And the warlike nations of Canaan, even greater obstacles, are on the other side of the river. But they moved there. The Bible says that they, that they lodged in camp for three days before they passed over. And then God, through His men, begins to give the needed direction on how to be prepared to cross this obstacle. How to be prepared to cross the Jordan River. Okay? Verse number 3. And they commanded the people, saying, When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God 
and the priest, the Levites, bearing it. Then ye shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. That's about 1,000 yards, over half a mile. All right? Come not near unto it, that ye may know the way by which ye must go, for ye have not passed this way here to forth. God, through, his, through the leadership of Israel, begins to give them the command, saying, They are to wait and follow the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God. This was the Ark symbolized the presence of God. The Ark was not their God. But the ark was the, and we're going through the tabernacle on how to worship God on Thursday nights. I'd encourage you to be there for that. But the ark was a symbol of God's presence, a symbol of God's power. Where the ark went, that's where God was. And so the people were to follow God. They were to follow the visible um, symbol of the presence of God. Now, they didn't know the way. They didn't have experience with the land. So they were to follow that half mile behind so they could see where they needed to go. Also, um, if you go back to the book of Exodus when they were around Mount Sinai, there was, remember God told Moses and Aaron to put up bounds around the mountain, unless uh, barriers, unless the people break through and die. Why? Because God's presence was there and they were, not, they were to be careful how they approached God. There's that idea here, but the reason the scripture gives right here that that the text gives is they did not know the way. It was unknown. They didn't know where they were going, so they needed to follow the ark of God. Then Joshua gives a command to the people. And Joshua said unto the people, sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Okay? In preparation for the miracles that God was going to work, had God told them how they were going to cross yet? No. Had God told them that um, the exact plan, um, this is what you, that comes after this. God had commanded them to cross. And Joshua tells the people, get ready for God to work. If God's going to work, you need to be ready. You need to be in a spiritual place for God to work. This would have involved taking a bath, washing their clothes, and abstaining from certain even allowed food under the coats when they, when they would sanctify themselves. They would even, even foods that were normally allowed, they would put aside they, because they were preparing to meet God. And certain normal life routines, they would stop. Why? They were setting themselves apart for God. They were getting ready to cross into the Canaan land. One person said, it would have been easier to understand if Joshua had said, sharpen your swords and check your shields. But spiritual, not military, spiritual, not military preparation was needed at this time because God was about to reveal himself by performing a great miracle in Israel's midst. As a person would prepare scrupulously to meet someone of earthly fame, so it was appropriate for the Israelites to prepare for a manifestation of the God of all the earth. Joshua didn't tell him, we're crossing, get ready, sharpen your swords. Say, we're going, he said, no, get ready for God to work. 
Because it's God who's going to cross the river. It's God who's going to be fighting the battle. If you're going to be, if you're, as we get ready to go into the unknown, as where we have not been before, we need the leadership and the power of God. And if we're going to be ready for that, we need to be spiritually prepared to see God move. God was going to perform wonders the next day. God hadn't told him. What he was going to do, that's verse number 7 and verse number 8. Can I tell you something? They were in desperate need of God's leadership, of God's power, if they were going to move forward. And here comes Joshua, verse number 6. He spake unto the priests, take up the Ark of the Covenant. This is a command. And pass over before the people. Stuff starts to move. Tents start to come down. The Ark starts to move before the people. Joshua comes and says, it's time to move out. We're going into the unknown. It's time to, to get ready to cross. Let's, let's move forward here. They start to pack up. And that's in verse number 7 and 8 when God finally gives the leadership. And jo- the Bible says, And the Lord spake unto Joshua, This day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. And thou shalt command the priests that bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When ye are come to the brink of the water of Jordan, ye shall stand still in Jordan. We're not going to go into the whole crossing this morning. But God's, God's word comes down after they begin to move forward. God says, alright, tell the priest. Everybody's preparing a half mile behind them. Go to the Ark. And as soon as you hit Jordan, you step in. Stop. And then you're going to see what I will do. You're going to see what the Lord is going to do. They still had to cross the river, but now they had God's plans. They began to have God's leadership. They, be, they were ready to cross. They didn't know that God was going to stack up the waters yet, but they were moving into the unknown, and they had God's leadership. Israel simply experienced the leadership and the power of God they desperately needed when they prepared their hearts and followed God. When they prepared, that's what they do. They sanctified their hearts and they followed God even into the unknown. They didn't know what was going to happen ahead of them. They didn't know all the battles that were in front of them. But this is where God was leading and so they prepared spiritually for that and then they followed God. And they experienced. We can look at it now, go back thousands of years later and we can look at the pages that God, of God's Word that He has preserved for us and say, this is how God worked. This is how God led. This is how God moved in the lives of the children of Israel. You see, Israel was facing the Jordan River. God had a plan for Israel. God's plan for Israel was to take them from from out of the wilderness. God's plan wasn't for Israel just to wander around in the wilderness. God wanted to move His people into the promised land so that they could bring glory to God, so that all the nations would know who God was. They could see how God had worked in the lives of Israel, and they could say, I want to serve that God. I want to. I know that the God of Israel is the living God, is the God of all the earth. That was the plan that God had for Israel. And in order for that to be accomplished, God had to move Israel through the Jordan River into the Canaan land, and they would conquer the Canaan land, and that's God's plan for Israel. That's what God wanted to do. That's how God was going to use Israel. 
That's not how God is going to use us today. God isn't moving us into the promised land. We're not to literally cross the Jordan River. But I can tell you from God's Word that God does have a plan for your life. That God does have a purpose and a place He is trying to move you. And that is, He is trying to make you into the very image of His Son. Not that our facial features would change, but that our behavior and that our lives would change. Some of us are still, un- some in this room might still be unsaved. And God's plan is for your life is to be taken off the road to hell and moved on the road to heaven. So that your life can bring glory to God in the ages to come. That God has a plan for your life. God has a place He is wanting to move you. And if we are going to experience the leadership and the power of God, because God, we don't know all that God's going to do. If it did, it would scare the living daylights out of us. Okay? Um, God, But God wants to move us there, and there will be obstacles. There will be unknown things in our life. Things where our own wisdom really doesn't count for much. Because we haven't been there before. Our experience, nope. Um, we don't know where we should go. We do not know, the Bible says, though, we don't even know how, should we, we, how we should pray. But that the Spirit of God maketh intercessions for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. That the Spirit has, because we don't know how we're supposed to live. But God does have a plan that He's trying to accomplish in our lives. So if we are going to see that as we move into things that we don't even know. Like Israel, we have to start with the fact that we don't know. That our own wisdom and our own ability is short. That it is limited. That we do not have the power to accomplish what lies ahead. And when, as we begin to realize that, as we begin to realize, I don't know how to make that decision. How can I know that's where I'm supposed to go? How can I know that God's going to provide this for me? How can I experience what, um, what the changes that God wants? I mean, if I, I, there's not a room for a mistake here. If, if I make the wrong decision, something is going to happen, and it's not going to be good. The unknown can be a source of fear, can it not? How am I going to do that? As we look at it and we begin to see our own inadequacies and our own inabilities, that's going to cause us to have a fear. But see, where that has to turn us is the fact that God already knows the way. And that if we are following God, He already knows what is needed to accomplish that goal. We just simply need to follow Him. There's obstacles that we are going to run into that seem impossible. Let alone what's on the other side of those obstacles. Israel was facing the Jordan River, then there was Jericho. All that beyond that. You know, as I was uh, preaching at community, I was saying they, they haven't purchased their building yet. And they're praying about whether they're going to do that. What are they going to do? There's obstacles. There's the unknown where they need God's leadership. Or seeing the church grow in my own life. I, if, they, if they do vote me as to be the pastor, I, it's gonna, my own inabilities and own a lack of wisdom and experience stand about this tall, right? Okay? And that can be a great source of fear and of what am I supposed to do? But what I have to know is we have God's Word. And God already knows the way. 
and he knows what is needed to accomplish that. And so what is needed is, first, I have to recognize I don't know the way. I have to recognize my experience isn't going to get me there. That being a Bible college graduate, oh boy, I graduated with a master's degree. That doesn't matter. Because my own wisdom and my own experience is not enough to accomplish that. We have to be faced with our own, in a, our own lack of resources. There's obstacles that we're seeing. There's obstacles beyond that. But reaching the destination that God has for your life starts with understanding you don't know the way, but that God knows the way. All we have to do is follow. You might be looking at, where am I going to go to college? What am I going to do when I'm going to retire? How am I going to serve in the church if Brother Andrew leaves? What, I mean, what's going to happen there? There's going to be responsibilities. that uh, I don't know what I'm doing with that. But God's plan for your life isn't just that one thing. It's God's plan for your life is making you conformed into the image of His Son. And often it involves those things. Stepping up into ministry or uh, accomplishing what God has for you there. That's going to be part of it, but that isn't the end goal. The end goal is for you to become and look like and bring glory to God. Alright? But God knows the way. We have to trust that God knows the way, but it starts with being humble and trusting God and not ourselves. You say, I don't know the way, so what do I need to do? Prepare our hearts and stay in step with God. That's what Israel did, right? They let the ark go according to God's commands. They let the ark go a half a mile in front of them. Why? So they would know the way that they were to go. Because they didn't know the way. They didn't have the resources to cross the Jordan River. But God said, stay in step with me. Allow me to lead the way. Because I can provide what you need. I know the way through the obstacle. They were commanded to follow so that they could know that way. It's simply you and I must surrender and allow God to lead, even if you think you might be able to find a better way. No. The priests were going to go to the Jordan River, and then they were going to stop. Right in the water. What do we do now? There's still the floodwaters. It was then, as they stayed behind, if they had been right on top, of the ark, they wouldn't have gotten to see how the waters began. They got, being back, they got the grand, the, the grandstand view. They got to look down on it. They were coming, if you remember, the, it's coming down to the Jordan River, so they were up a little bit higher, and they came down, and it stopped, and they got the grandstand view of seeing the miracles of God lay out in front of them. But if we're going to follow God into the unknown, here's what we have to do. We have to allow God to lead because we don't know the way. We have to um, stay in step with God. And we have to prepare our hearts to follow God. We are sinful people, are we not? And um, we constantly need to stop and sanctify our hearts. So if we're going to be able to serve God, God is not going to give us 
victories in the future if we are not in obedience and in submission to God today. They were, if they did not stop and sanctify their hearts, they were not going to be prepared to see the wonders that God had for them in the future. If you want God to lead you in the future, be a part of what God is doing today. Okay? Be in the church services. Read your Bible. Help in the different ministries. Be faithful with what God has given you now. What what areas of responsibility, whether that's being a parent, whether that's uh, being a, a, just a co-worker, being a, just being a church member, um, helping in the nursery, being a greeter, being an usher. Be faithful. Do your best work with what God has given you now. And God, as you move into the unknown, God will continue to lead. Stay in step with God. But we have to sanctify our hearts to God. We need time where we stop and remember that we serve the Lord God of all the earth. That we serve the living God. The God who has the power to cross that Jordan River and lead us through on dry ground. That we serve the God who is eternal, is beyond time. That time does not affect him. That we talked about in Sunday school this morning, how that God's bow is still in the clouds all the way back from Noah. That his word is still in place, that we can still trust his word. Sometimes as we stop and we kneel before God, there's things in our life that need to be removed. There's sin, there's um, wrong attitudes, there's wrong thoughts, there's um, wrong values, that things that we begin to place value on things instead of God or whatever it is that need to be removed from our lives. We need to sanctify our hearts. Other times we simply need to refocus on who we're following. When we sanctify our hearts, the holiness of God will be put back in the forefront of our mind. If they were going to be prepared, if they were going to experience God's leadership leading them into the unknown, their hearts had to be right with God and they had to follow God step by step. They, they had to realize they didn't know the way. Say, God, we will follow you where you lead. But the amazing thing is, God wants to work wonders. God wants to work miracles. It wasn't God was saying, well, if you do this, 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 then maybe, okay, I'll open the Jordan River now. No, that was God's plan all along, was to part the Jordan River and have the water stack up and have them pass over on dry ground. God's plan was to work a miracle that all the earth would say, you are the living God, that you are the God who controls nature, you are the God that we should serve. God wanted to work miracles. Remember, God wanted to work the miracles for the first generation. But they said, no, it's too much. God, we don't, we don't want to test you, God. We really don't think you could... Uh, that, that might cause us a little bit of pain. Uh, well, we don't want to do that. So they'd wandered in the wilderness to so those that died. God wanted... God said, generation number two, you can still inherit the land. I will still work wonders among you. Let's, will you go into the promised land? You know, God wants to work miracles in your life. 
God wants to work miracles in this church. God wants to work miracles in every, as, as we follow God. Us, God has a plan and something He's trying to accomplish in your life. He wants to conform us into the image of His Son. But we don't have the wisdom. We don't know the way. It's unknown. But God knows the way. All we have to do is follow. You know what? But follow with a right heart. Follow and allow God to lead. Not where we would go, but where He would go. The unknown can become a source of fear or it can be a cause for faith. The unknown can be a source of fear or it can become a cause of faith. See, you and I can experience the leadership and the power of God. The same God that parted the Jordan River. The same God that took down the walls of Jericho. The same God that saved your soul if you're saved. We can experience the leadership and the power of God as we follow Him and prepare our hearts. God has somewhere He is trying to lead you. God has somewhere where He's trying to take you. There's, there's wonders that God wants to work in your life. But you're going to have to step out by faith. There's going to be unknowns. You have not passed this way heretofore. So what are you going to do? Allow God to lead and make sure that your heart is prepared to follow God. Because if we're relying on our own strength, you know who we're not trusting in? God. If we're thinking, I know the way, or this just isn't going to work. I mean, there's, this is the 21st century. There's just, there's just some things that don't work the Bible way anymore. You know, we're not. It's pride. Sin. Or we're not going to be able to follow God. There's unknown things that God, um, unknown areas where God wants to lead us so He can accomplish His plan for our life. And here's what we have to come down to. God knows the way. God knows the method. God knows God has the power to accomplish where He's leading us. Will you follow? Will you step where God leads? Will you be a spiritually prepared <coughs> To follow God. God knows the way. All we have to do is follow. Where is God trying to take you right now? What unknowns lie in front of you? I don't know how this is going to work out. Well, is God leading in that direction? If God's not leading in that direction, stop. Let's, let's turn around. Let's go a different direction, okay? Uh, just because you're heading that direction doesn't mean it's the right direction. But if this is where God is leading, even though we do not have the wisdom or the understanding to accomplish that, if we will submit to God and follow Him, to the One who already knows the way, the One who already has the ability to take us through that, we will get to the destination that God has for us. Because God knows the way. All we have to do is followed. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning, and Lord, I don't know where everyone is this morning, but I just pray that you would use this message, use your word to challenge us to move forward for you. 
even into the unknown, Lord, that we would trust you and follow you so that we could see you accomplish miracles in our lives, in this church. Lord, I pray that you would work in hearts this morning. And we'll, in Jesus' name I pray. Before we finish that prayer, we'll take a moment. The piano will play. Brother Leland will come. If you need to come forward and pray, spend some time with the Lord. Now's the time as we stand together.